you know, I knew I had to get things back together because I wanted to be a good mom. I wanted to be a great wife for my husband. And I also wanted to be a great friend in person. And at that time, I knew that I wasn't. So, you know, over, over that, geez, I want to say year and a half, I really had a lot of time to think. Think about like my passions and how can I apply those things to myself? I went back to school to get my nutritional therapy degree. And then I did my group fitness certification so that I could really help myself. And by, by helping myself, I really started to learn how to thrive as a woman in the modern world. What gets us through this crazy hockey journey is our amazing community of women. Inspired by our online network, Breaking the Ice is a platform created to connect us even more as we share our stories, our passions, our tips, tricks, do's and don'ts for all things hockey, and so much more. For hockey expats, buy hockey expats. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Hi guys, welcome to Breaking the Ice. If you're new here, this is a podcast for wives and girlfriends of professional hockey players in every league all over the world. I'm very happy that you're here today. So I just wanted to ask that you guys kind of bear with me with the sound quality this week. We are in our apartment in Austria and it is quite noisy in this apartment complex. There's like a German lady yelling outside and a dog barking and construction and my microphone is just sounding really staticky in every room that I've tried moving into. So I'm hoping in the next week or so I can kind of find a quiet time and space to record these podcasts because I know for me when I listen to a podcast the sound quality is really important and I just want it to sound good for you guys. So just bear with me this week if it sounds a little bit shaky. We got back to Austria on Monday and we had quite the travel experience and I kind of shared a bit with you about that on Instagram and I just want to say that was not to scare anyone and that was not for sympathy. I really just wanted to warn you guys to get to the airport early because you never know what kind of situations are going to happen. And actually, the easiest part was getting into the country. I don't know why, but it was such a freaking struggle bus to get out of the country than it was to get into it, which is the whole point. So we flew United and Austrian. And basically, to kind of summarize what happened is we just kept getting stuck for a really long time. And we left from the Denver airport and it took an hour and a half for the lady to check us in. And it almost felt like they were learning everything for the first time. Like we were the first people going overseas that were American citizens with our dogs. It was just, I had to explain everything so many times. We had so much luggage and yeah, that was frustrating. And also to just double preface this, obviously like I'm pregnant, so everything was like, amplified for me. We had no time to get food or water. Either layover, we literally almost got the gate closed on us like twice because it was just, we were literally sprinting through the airport both times up until our long leg. Once we got on the Austrian flight, we were halfway, like walking halfway back through the plane and the flight attendants said we needed to put the muzzles on our dogs. So I had to dig through my whole suitcase. And then I looked up and there was like five of them surrounding me. And they're like, if you don't have the muzzles, you can't be on the plane. And I literally just started like bawling. And I was like, please just like, give me a moment. It's been such a stressful day. 
and they felt really bad. I just honestly like could not take it anymore. Like it, that was just kind of my breaking point. I think I just couldn't really control my emotions anymore. I was starving. I was like shaking because I was so hungry and yeah, they, they just felt really bad. They, they took good care of us the rest of the flight. Um, but yeah, for the most part, the flight over was pretty easy and there was like a group of people that were not wearing their masks. Frustrating because like who really wants to wear a mask for 15 hours straight? That's kind of hard. Um, just very uncomfortable. So um, once we got in and we were able to get in the team van, it was just like this load off of our shoulders. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, this kind of takes me back to something that my guest said this week, and that is that health is so much more important than just your physical health, right? Like it's your mental health, your emotional health, your spiritual health. And like, I do suffer from anxiety and I'm, I can fully admit I do not handle stress well. And I think when I'm under a lot of stress, I find myself complaining a lot and not really being able to find this positive spin on everything. And I saw this meme, or it wasn't really a meme, it was like a quote on Instagram that I've never heard of before, and it's called toxic positivity. And it says, it refers to the idea of focusing on the positive and rejecting or diminishing or dismissing negative emotions or anything that maybe bring negativity into your life. What that basically means is, Basically, you're going through this whirlwind of emotions and you feel like you have to be like, but it's okay. I'll be fine. Or it's not that big of a deal. And you're kind of shoving those feelings under the rug. Like personally, what I have learned is it is okay to not be okay. It is okay to have a bad day, a bad week, a bad couple of weeks, a bad month. But don't unpack and stay there. Leading up to coming out here, it has just been so, so much stress, so many emotions just with like quarantine and COVID and not knowing when we're going to come out. Just you guys know, like I don't even need to get into the details. Like you know how it's been because I've talked to so many of you that feel the same exact way as I do, which is really what's helping me get through this. And I think like once you get out to Austria or wherever you're going, it's an adjustment, right? Like you're in probably a smaller space than what you've been living in all summer. You probably don't have air conditioning. And that's been really hard for us to get comfortable because we're kind of AC snobs and we have been so hot and I'm pregnant. So it's just been very uncomfortable. Um, And we're also the country requires that we have to quarantine when we get here. So we have not received our COVID test back from the U.S. because it seems like they're taking seven to 10 days to get some of those back. So we're still waiting on those. And once we get those back, we're able to leave our quarantine. But it's pretty strict here. I guess I've heard that people can come to your door. And if you're not there, you could get in really big trouble. So just trying to get through that, being in a hot box with another person, for 14 days, that's just like not, probably just not a good situation. Um, So yeah, we're just kind of getting acclimated and I just know that it's okay for me to just get comfortable. I don't have to be like, you know what, but it's okay because of this or it's fine or I'll get, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I genuinely need to believe that. So if I need a few days to be like, 
uncomfortable until I'm comfortable, then it is what it is. We're so thrown off of our routines when we come over to Europe and that's okay. And like my guest said, it's just, it's, your health is so much more than just going and working out. It's your mindset. It's how you feel with your emotions. Everything's just so relative and important and you have to have that balance in every aspect to truly feel healthy. So fast forwarding to our episode today, I absolutely love talking to my guest. Her name's Tanya Jarrett and she is a hockey wife and her husband actually retired a couple of years ago. Um, but she is a nutritional therapist and this is something I've always found interesting, but I'm going to admit, I do not know a lot about it. And so I felt, I told her, I'm like, I hope my questions made sense. Like, I hope they didn't sound just kind of like stupid questions. You know what I mean? But I think it's a good place to start because if you don't know a lot about nutrition or holistic health or hormone health, then you probably have the same questions as I do. And so we talked a lot about hormone health and just like how to balance that when you're living overseas, reading labels, um, working out. She actually was Miss Pennsylvania in 2006. And that's when she really started to understand that she needed to make kind of like a 180 in her health. And once she met her husband and moved over to Europe, a few few years later, they had a little daughter, and I will let her share how she went into labor and where. But once she had her daughter, that whole postpartum was very hard for her. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that. Just no one warns you about that. She really struggled with her health. And that is when she really wanted to help herself. So we talk about what steps she took in order to do that. She has a few programs in her business that are really amazing that you guys should check out if you're interested in learning more and looking at how to optimize your overall health. I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day and just make sure if you're listening to this episode, I love to see where you guys are listening, what you're doing while you're listening. So just snap a little picture, a little screenshot, share to your story. This helps me spread the word and it definitely helps with other hockey ladies finding this podcast and this outlet as well. So if you enjoy this episode, just go ahead and do that for me and I hope you enjoy. Tanya, thank you so much for coming on the podcast this week. I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I So I want to start off, I'd love to just hear about how you got started in the health and wellness industry. I think a lot of people are very interested in just learning how to really optimize their health and wellness, especially while living overseas. It can be kind of tricky to navigate with language barriers and all that kind of stuff. So... I am excited. And yeah, how did you get involved? Yeah, that, you know, it's really interesting because when I think back on, you know, my life and like kind of like my story, I think back to 2001. And that is when I started university. And at that time, wellness was not really a thing. You know what I mean? It wasn't Mm -hmm. really a thing. It was like, you go to university to be a doctor, to be a nurse, to be like a a physician assistant or, you know, all those clinical realms, but wellness really wasn't in the forefront. And the electronic medical record at that time was. 
So I've always had that passion for health and wellness and knew that somewhere in the health industry, I wanted to spend my career life. So I got my undergrad degree um, from Duquesne University in Pittsburgh in health management systems, quickly realizing that at the time, health management was really, like I said, was really focused on the electronic, electronic medical record, and that was not where I wanted to be. I was like, oh, hell no. Like, this is not for me at all. So um, I went back to school to get my master's degree in public health. And that is when I had like this eye-opening experience that there's so much more to health care than just being a clinical worker. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really being able to foster that, that passion for nutrition and for whole foods and cooking and all that, all that exercise, all that stuff that I loved and to figure out, okay, how do I put this together to make a career? Yeah, I know. And I totally agree. It's definitely not just like a one step check, you know, it's like an overall whole lifestyle change that you have to make in order to really optimize your health. Absolutely. And nobody really, nobody really told me that growing up. I don't think, I don't think our parents, Mm-mm. if we think about our parents' generation, they're not like, you have to optimize your health. And you know what that means? That means, you know, there's all these multiple things that play into that. Nobody <laughs> tells you that. You have to figure that out on your own, you know? Totally. And, you know, now it's, it's funny because I tell my daughter that all the time. I'm like, honey, there is so much more than to just being like a healthy person physically. Like you have to be healthy, like in your heart, in your mind, um, you know, like healthy environmentally. So, I mean, I wish looking back that somebody would have told me that when I was younger. Yeah, I know. I agree. And I even think like my parents to this day, I feel like there's things that I tell them that I've learned And I don't know if they fully believe it because again, it wasn't really told to them and it wasn't told to me, but like you said, back in 2001 or whatever, it wasn't like a big thing over the years. It's definitely evolved and become a lot more prominent just in our culture and society. And I think it's really good that so many people are interested in this topic now. And I think it'll Mm -hmm. be really beneficial to people like (laughs) long-term. Definitely. I agree 100%. That is the shift and that shift better stay. (laughs) So you got involved in pageants and that's when you mentioned you really started to understand like the power of health. So will you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I was never a pageant girl growing up. So when I started doing um, pageants, like my mom was like, what is going on? Like, okay, I'm here to support you. What do I need to do? (laughs) You know, and I think I did my first pageant when I was, oh my gosh, I want to say maybe 18 years old. And um, I I placed really well. I was second runner up and I had so much fun doing it, but I knew that if I waited until I was a little bit older, um, I'd have... I'd have a little bit more like oomph under me. I noticed that like the girls that were a little bit older spoke a little bit, um, they had more clarity to them. They had more vision and I wanted that. So when I was 22 years old, I was in my final year, my senior year of undergrad and I competed for the title of Miss Pennsylvania USA. And going into this pageant, there was almost like 150 girls competing. And I thought, oh man, you know, you always want to win, but you never really think you're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it was unbelievable. Yes, yeah, so intimidating because no, no matter how confident you are in yourself, 
there's always going to be other people that you feel slightly intimidated by. Mm-hmm. And in, in the pageant world, I mean, these, these women are, are beautiful. They're smart. They're strong. They're confident, like physically beautiful too. So, I mean, whew, you know, and when I won, I was like, this is crazy. This is amazing. Like a girl who grew up not even doing pageants and really someone who just went out there and spoke from her heart took this title. So um, it was that year that really changed my entire life. I went from, you know, being a normal 22 year old to all of a sudden traveling all over the world, um, doing philanthropic events. I was modeling. I was doing a lot of television. Um, and I was preparing for the Miss USA competition. And there was little downtime for me, like at all. There, there were times um, where I remember in the beginning that I would go all day without eating or barely drinking water and come home and just feel like crap. Mm-hmm. And it, it was that feeling like that that made me realize, okay, health is important. Like if I want to be on top of my game and compete with the best of the best for the title of Miss USA, I need to kick my into gear and focus on, you know, being healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being your so best it was, self. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like you said that you would come home after like not eating and drinking all day? Do you feel like you ever had pressure to maybe not eat as much or not really like, was that something that was a decision that you made to, you know, change or alter your physical appearance or did you feel like you were just so busy that that you just didn't have time to really process that that's what you needed to do at the time yeah that's actually a really good question and you know I there was never any pressure to be thinner ever I mean my pageant director was absolutely fantastic they stood by me it was more me forgetting because I put too much on my plate yeah I had way too much on my plate and I didn't I didn't in the beginning of my reign, I didn't know how to balance it. So, you know, I wouldn't pack myself snacks. I wouldn't pack a water bottle. There were all these simple things that I could have done that I, that I didn't do because it was an overlook. This was very new for me, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I also have been a very tall, thin person my whole life. I'm about five eleven, and I've always been super slender. So there was no pressure from anybody to say, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe you need to lose a few pounds. Yeah. X, y, and Z. Yeah. That's good. Okay. <laughs> that's good to hear. I just, yeah. I've always been curious about that, you know, because it's like you look around and like everybody's beautiful and everybody's like in shape in these pageants. And it's like, I, I could imagine that it would feel, you know, like, like I said, like intimidating or like there's this pressure on you. So I'm glad that that, you know, didn't affect you in that kind of aspect. Right. Definitely not. So fast forward to 2009 you met your husband at a wedding and then moved with him to Germany four months after knowing him. So (laughs) you lived in Germany and then you moved to Austria. So, wow. Like that's a huge decision to make after like not knowing someone for such a long time. But I feel like that's what so many girls do. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, you, when you know, you know, or like, you know, you have like a feeling deep down that that could really be like your person and you want to explore that. Absolutely. You, you like, you just said that so beautifully. Like, you know, I don't think anybody on the face of this earth 
understand what we go through as athletes' wives, except an athlete's wife. <laughs> I don't think so either. You know, it's crazy. We, we literally pick up our entire lives and move, 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 move. So you're right. I met my husband at a wedding and, you know, I was living in Pittsburgh. He was, you know, playing hockey in Germany. And I thought, you know, at the wedding, when I met him, this is never going to work. This is just going to be a fun night. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so interesting. Thank God for Facebook and email. And we kept in touch and he, he's, you know, I went to visit him in Germany um, about eight weeks later. And then, you know, he just said to me, he said, you know, Tanya, if, if we want to see if this is going to work, if this relationship is going to move forward, I can't do it long distance. Like that's, that's not the type of person that I am. You could clearly tell he wasn't into the long distance thing. I mean, let's be honest. Like, how do you really make a relationship work when you first meet each other? It's not like we were dating for years. We mm -hmm. just knew each other. So, you know, I just graduated from um, University of Pittsburgh with my master's degree. And I was like, what do I have to lose? I'm going to pack up my entire life <laughs> and move over there. And when I called my mom and I said, hey, mom, um, I need you and dad to rent a U-Haul and drive to Pittsburgh, which was four hours from where they lived, because I need to move my stuff into storage and I'm going to move to Germany with that guy I was telling you about. And my mom was like, I'm sorry? Oh my gosh, that I guy mean, my, I was my, telling my, you about. <laughs> what is going on? My poor mother almost had a heart attack. My dad was kind of like, eh. But after she thought about it, she said, well, I guess the worst that can happen is that you come home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. All of our yeah. parents are probably just like, what the hell? <laughs> With everything. <laughs> they just don't. I, I mean, know. now they get it. But at, at the beginning, I think it's probably a huge shock. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So, um, you know, I, I literally had the best experience with my parents coming out and moving all my stuff into their basement. And I moved over with two suitcases. And the rest is like history for us. Like, you know, it was meant to be, it really was. And I am not a believer in that. There's always one person out there that you're meant to be with. I truly believe that you can love multiple people throughout phases of your life. But I, I never knew I could have a feeling for somebody the way that I did for him. It was, it was so cool. Oh, that's so sweet. And yeah, that's, that's just so awesome that he was able to like have that conversation with you because I think, you know, that commitment can kind of scare a lot of guys, especially just after like such a short amount of time. But I do think so many of us are thrown into long distance so quickly because it's like either you meet your boyfriend when they're playing in your city and then the next year they're gone. And then it's like, you just get thrown into this tornado of hockey and yeah, obviously it was meant to be because like, look where you are now. So after you lived in Germany, you, you were pregnant with your daughter in Austria. That was, was it four years later, you said? Yeah, we spent four years in Dresden and then Pat signed in the Austrian league. So we, we moved, then we moved to there. We moved to Dornburn, Austria. Okay. And I cannot... And bypass this part. Can you please explain to everyone where you were when your water broke? 
I really, I really need to monetize and make a movie on this. You do, Seriously. really. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. So, you know, when, when you, when you're pregnant, nobody really tells you the nitty gritty unless it's like your sister or something. Like even my best friend never told me the nitty gritty of like having a baby. So here I am pregnant in Austria and I'm at a hockey game. You know, I was doing about three weeks and you know, I had some girls over um, for some snacks before and I loved hosting. So I like, you know, was, I was very busy that day, kind of like, you know, preparing stuff and I felt great. Went to the game and in the third period, I, I felt this pop and it was like the weirdest pop. And I grabbed the girl sitting next to me. Her name is Christina Barbo. Um, her so she was, they were playing with us at the time and I grabbed her and I said, I think I need to go to the bathroom. And I felt this big gush and oh my gosh, it was crazy. And she's like, we got to go, we got to check if it's blood. Like, you know, like there's like all these things that go through your mind. Literally like the gushing kept coming and I stood up and there was like water on the seat. Like it was so embarrassing because people around me knew what was going on because I was flustered and, you know, you know, it was just kind of like commotion. So I left and she drove me to the hospital. By the time I got to the hospital, my husband actually beat me there, believe it or not. Wow. Because yeah, one of, one of the, um, one of the ladies who works for the team went down to the locker room to tell the coach then he got off, but I had Christina take me home because for some reason in my mind, I was soaking wet and I wanted to shower and change. <laughs> so yeah, crazy, right? I go home, there's water in my boots, like, like an inch and a half of, of water in my boots. And I, I change and go to the hospital. My husband's like waiting outside for me. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, I went home. I had to get my bag <laughs> and like, I changed. So funny. It was unbelievable. Well, you've never experienced that before, so you probably didn't really know at first, I guess, what was going on. I'm sure, like, after a few minutes you did, but it's kind of like sometimes your water breaks and then you're in labor for 15 hours, so you're probably just like, what's the rush? <laughs> right, and I remember, I remember somebody, I don't even remember who it was, somebody telling me that, like, you know, when your water breaks, you have time. Don't, like, freak out, but my daughter was breached. And she was stuck like that in my pelvis and they knew that. So they were already preparing for a C-section. So by the time I got there, I was losing enough fluid that they had to get me in right away. Mm-hmm. So it was crazy. Yeah, it was absolutely insane. What a <laughs> whirlwind. I cannot even believe that. It's just like, <laughs> you think of all these scenarios, but you don't actually think they're going to happen. And then it's like, no, they can, they can very well happen with our lifestyle. <laughs> Anything can happen. Right. Yeah, it was, it was, it's definitely a memory I will never forget. (laughs) (laughs) So you talked about how, you know, this is the hardest, or that was the hardest year of your life, like postpartum after you had your daughter due to lack of sleep, you know, lack of just like having a nutritious diet, having like balance in your life. And it kind of redirected you to your passion and where you are now. So what was that like for you going through that in a foreign country and how you kind of navigated your way to where you are now? Yeah. I mean, I was really overwhelmed as a new mom and, 
you know, what, what gets me is that I waited until I was 30 to have my first. And, um, I thought, you know what, this is a fantastic age. I feel mature. You know, I thought I was ready for it, but it was, it was honestly a slap in the face for me. I mean, it was, I was so incredibly hormonal and I was, I was just not like as, as a hockey wife, we all know about not having our husbands there all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was really, it was just a lot for me to handle. And on top of that, I had a baby who was colic and um, she had torticollis. So her neck, her neck was tilted to the one side. So she cried and cried and cried and, you know, she cried and I cried and she cried and I cried. And like, it was just like this (laughs) cycle. And I know, and, and like, I, I know everybody's experience is different. So, you know, I was, I was very open to hearing other people's, you know, advice. I wasn't like, don't give me advice. You know, I wanted advice. I wanted advice from my mom, from my mother-in-law, my friends, anybody, because I felt like my situation was so different than theirs. Like, you know, if you don't have a colic baby, you don't know what it is until you have one. Like on top of like, you know, just all the hormone mess that you're in after you have a baby. Mm-hmm. So I found myself in this like vicious cycle. Like I, I was having sleepless nights. I was forgetting to feed myself because I was taking care of the little one. On top of that, I felt like, what am I doing with my life, right? I had, like, mm-hmm. no – I would, like, have these thoughts about, like, well, what am I going to do with my life? Like, how am I going to feel personally fulfilled? And then I'd be like, oh, I'll just have a glass of wine. I'll make it feel so much better. <laughs> you know, like, it's just – I was in this cycle, and it it became it became so much stress on my body that um, – you know, now I, now I can diagnose myself, but I know that I suffered from adrenal fatigue and I was really tired and I, you know, I just, I would have these swings where I was really, really tired until like about five o'clock at night. And then I'd have like this, this burst of energy. So I knew looking back now, my cortisol was really off. Um, so, you know, I knew I had to get things back together because I wanted to be a good mom. I wanted to be a great wife for my husband. And I also wanted to be a great friend in person. And at that time, I knew that I wasn't. So, you know, over over that, geez, I want to say year and a half, I really had a lot of time to think. Think about, like, my passions and how can I apply those things to myself. Mm-hmm. And I went back to school. I went back to school to get my nutritional therapy degree. And then I did my group fitness certification so that I could really help myself. And by, by helping myself, I really started to learn how to thrive as a woman in the modern world. And that was really hard to do. Yeah. And I think nobody ever tells you about postpartum. It's, you know, people warn you about labor and all of that stuff, but then after you have the baby, I feel like I can only imagine how it could feel really isolating and exhausting. And you feel like you're pulled all these different directions and you're trying to navigate life with like a new child that you're responsible for and still be a wife and, you know, like socialize and make yourself feel happy doing things that fulfill you. Then just add being into a completely new country where your family and friends are around 
it's hard to comprehend what that is until you actually go through it. I think that's amazing that you just kept pushing through and figuring out, okay, like I don't feel good the way that this is like, this isn't working for me and I need to take these right. steps to change my life. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, as women, as women, we tend to have this superwoman mentality. Like we, we don't ever want to express when we're not doing well, or, you know, we don't want to ask for help when that sometimes is the absolute best thing that you can do. Instead of trying to do it all, really ask for help, especially if you have people around you that are actually offering it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to accept help sometimes, but I totally agree. I think sometimes it's like, that's just what you have to do for your own like mental health. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's it. So you were able to heal your hormones with whole foods and smart movement. So what are the, some of the things that you did to accomplish that? So I learned so much. Like I, I felt like I knew a lot about um, genetics from my degrees and just, you know, biology and physiology and anatomy and all that stuff. But I really started to learn about the field of epigenetics when I did my nutritional therapy certification. And, um, you know, I, I think it was, for those that don't know what epigenetics is, it's, um, it's like the study of gene expression. Okay. So epi means above. And so it's above the genome. And we have, we have the ability to turn on and turn off genes through, like by our lifestyle, okay? And or by our stress or medications can turn genes on and off. Um, so learning about that was so incredibly cool. And knowing that everybody is different was like this eye-opening concept to me because it's like you've all I, there was always these one-size-fits-all approaches oh well you can do this diet and I didn't like that that felt icky to me so learning about you know epigenetics and and really opened my eyes up to hey I think that I need something different than somebody else mm-hmm. so it was it was just, it was so great that I was able, you know, to use whole foods and also, you know, getting sleep and doing smart movement instead of over-exercising, exercising smart so that I wasn't raising the wrong hormones, ditching plastics and managing stress and supplementing. And that's a huge part that people forget is, you know, in this modern world, we cannot regulate our hormones with all the stress that we have coming at us at every angle without supplementation. I truly, truly, truly believe that. And if you talk to any holistic practitioner, probably 99% of them feel that way too. Our food supply is just not what it was, you know, 50 years ago. It's in, and that that's never going to change. And so what do you mean by supplementing you know like when when i think about when i think about supplements you know i think about a quality multivitamin okay mm-hmm. and i think about um an omega 3 supplement so 
you know, something that is those healthy fats that we don't get enough of. And then, you know, realizing, okay, where are my gaps? And that's where I really got into the blood work aspect of my business is because where are the gaps? Okay, like, are you magnesium deficient? Are you vitamin D deficient? All of those things matter because when you're deficient in anything, there's no balance. So would you recommend like the first step would be to get, like you said, your blood work done so you can actually see what you're lacking and what your body really needs. Absolutely. I recommend that for everybody, but that comes, you know, there, there, I, I'm always, I'm, I'm always sensitive to um, how much people want to spend too. I, I really think that that, that is something as a practitioner that I need to be sensitive to. So, you know, if, if people do ask me, you know, what can I do to change my, you know, my life in the simplest steps, I would say eat whole foods and take a quality multivitamin and, you know, movement, of course, and sleep. Like there's, there's a few things that I would do, but I, you know, definitely blood work makes a huge difference because your blood work is that perfect snapshot in time of exactly where you are. So, you know, in four months, that whole entire panel can look different. And that's the coolest thing because then you can compare how your health is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool that you're able to change your genes like that. I, I didn't even know yeah, you so could do that. <laughs> well, you have to think, like, if, if you think about it like this, so there, there was this twin study that was done, and there were these two twins that were absolutely identical, meaning they have the same genes, okay? One, say, say for instance, one went off to live in um, Utah. And the other one went down to Florida to live. And you bring them back together. They've had two different environmental exposures. They're going to have different, like, they're, they're going to even look different. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Say one, one of them wore sunscreen and, you know, ate whole foods and exercised regularly. And the other one didn't wear sunscreen and, you know, ate processed food and drank a lot of alcohol and, and didn't even care. When you put those genetic twins back together, they're going to look different because certain genes have been turned on and turned off by their lifestyle. How yeah. cool is that? That's amazing. Yeah. That totally makes sense too. And I bet, are there like a few different studies on that? Because I feel like I've heard of that before. Yeah. So if you, there's, there's, they've, they've done a lot of twin studies, which is super cool. But if you're familiar with PubMed, you could always just search it. And that's where all of the scientific articles are. You could just type in epigenetics and lifestyle and you will get tons of scientific articles, credible articles that you can read through. And it's, it's super cool. What are some things that you can look for in like a quality multivitamin? Because I feel like, and this is just probably me being a little bit naive to like supplements and stuff like that. But sometimes you go to the store and you're standing in the aisle and it's like $40 for, you know, 30 to 60 capsules. And like, in my head, I'm like, holy crap, like that's expensive. But then you see something Mm -hmm. right next to it. That's like maybe $8 for 60 capsules. And it's like, Okay. <laughs> That's more like my alley. You know what I mean? So it's like, does the cost really make a difference in the quality? So I, that's, a, that's actually a wonderful question because I, I've never seen 
there's a handful of vitamins that I consider quality and I've never seen them any less than about like 50 to $60 a bottle. But if you think about that per day, if you could spend $2 a day on yourself, I always ask people, would you? Mm-hmm. And most of the time people are like, yeah, I would. And I'm like, this is the best $2 you can ever spend on yourself because, you know, it does matter. If you go to Walgreens or CVS or Rexall, if you're in Canada, you know, you're going to go and those vitamins on the shelf aren't always the best because they don't, they don't have, um, they don't go through certifications. You know what I mean? So there's specific certifications that you that you look for in a vitamin, and, and that's a USP certification. So saying that what is what is the what the label saying is actually in that specific supplement. Mm-hmm. You want a GMP lab, label, which says good manufacturing practices. And if it's if it's on that pharmaceutical level, it is very expensive to get this type of of GMP certification. So you know, not a lot of, not a lot of companies, not all companies will pay for that. And also NSF certified. And that means that there's not going to be anything in that supplement that um, will show up on a doping test. And that is incredibly important for athletes. So you want to have that NSF certification. You want to make sure that that multivitamin has a, a full vitamin and mineral complex plus some antioxidants, because that's how we combat that daily, that daily stress on our body. And, and the majority on the shelf don't have that. So those so, are the things that I, that I look for. There's um, like the USP um, or the GMP, you could always just type that in, or you could type in NSF. And NSF has um, all the vitamins that are NSF certified for athletes, which is super cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Um, but US, the USP is definitely, um, it, it's, a, it's a verification program that is really important saying that, okay, so what I'm saying is what is stated on the bottle is actually in the product, meaning that it's potent and it's pure and it's quality. Yeah. And so if you say that you are just buying vitamins that you don't really know much about, like you're just buying a basic multivitamin from the store. What are some benefits that a more expensive vitamin could offer you that that wouldn't? Like what, how does that affect you once it goes through your bloodstream? No, that's, that's actually a really good question. So, so when you, when you take a multivitamin, it has both water soluble and fat soluble vitamins in it. So, um, you know, those water soluble vitamins might have a life in your body of about six to eight hours before you pee them out. So if you're taking, if you're taking a one a day supplement, you're probably not getting all that you need to get. I always recommend people taking a supplement twice a day because then you know that you're, you're refueling. Um, But you know, the, the things on the shelf, I think what's hard is that we don't know what's really in a supplement. We don't have superpowers to say, oh, this definitely has the vitamin D that it states in it, or this definitely has the magnesium or calcium that it states in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's why it's so important to have those verifications. But, but going back to your question, I mean, I guess you, you wouldn't really know. 
Yeah. Like you as a person wouldn't really know, but if I'm treating somebody for um, vitamin D and magnesium deficiency, and if they're, if they're taking the supplements that I recommend them and in six months, there's no change, I would be very shocked. Then that tells me there's something else going, going on. But if you're not working with a nutritionist or somebody who is qualified to know that you're not going to know yourself. And I think for consumers, we generally we generally choose things because the label looks pretty. The price is where we want it and the label looks beautiful. And that is how manufacturers sell products. I mean, yeah. we are very visual. Humans are visual. We buy what looks beautiful. <laughs> That's totally and we're, true. You know, like you, you could put organic or you could put all natural or whole food on any supplement label, but that doesn't really mean that. I know. And I so, think like with wellness being so... I mean, would you say it's still up and coming? I think that there's so much to learn. It is a field that is ever evolving and always evolving. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, there's always something new that scientists are figuring out or that, that is being learned about the human body. And it's, it's insane. It's crazy. I think for the rest of our life, it's going to evolve. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. In some aspects, though, it is kind of a fad. And I don't know if that's just like social media. And I'm not saying like, like there are experts, like you're an expert, you know, your, your stuff. But then there's some people that are kind of like wellness and health on social media. And so I, I guess I'm thinking to the point where people are saying, oh, this is gluten free, or like you said, this is organic, or this label is pretty. So this is good for you. And you know, you see so many things coming at you that it starts to get in your mind like, okay, well, this is healthy because this has, mm -hmm. you know, this label on it. And so it's kind of confusing because there's so much mixed information out there. And so it is interesting to, to hear what you're saying. Do, do you know what I mean though, by yeah. like the social media and like kind of people jumping on the wellness train? That 100%. And we talk about that all the time, like in, with other practitioners that it's just, it's just this industry that's bombarded and there's really not much regulation. I mean, it's, you really, it, it, so when it comes down to your health, I encourage every single person to sit in the driver's seat of their own health, ask questions mm -hmm. and, you know, don't buy something unless you're reading ingredients. And, you know, if you take medications, you know, ask somebody who's qualified to make sure that there's no interaction. Mm -hmm. you no, know, you, you're, you're really in charge of your own health. If you think about it, when you buy a protein bar, this is what I always tell people. So if you buy a protein bar, a lot of times we buy the one with the pretty packaging and because it says like 20 grams of protein on it, right? And then you flip it around and you read the ingredients and there's probably 35 ingredients and half of them you can't even understand. <laughs> Think about what information that is for your cells because we are made up of billions and billions of cells. And if we're not giving our cells good information, how are they supposed to do their jobs properly? Exactly. You know, it's with the with the bars, I feel like you you see, like you said, on the front of the label something, and then you flip it over, and it'll say twenty grams of sugar. And sometimes right. that stuff gets overlooked, and then you're like eating it every day, thinking it's healthy, but it's actually really not <laughs> at all. Yeah, same with yogurt. People always fall for the yogurt trap because you know it's pretty and it has protein and there's probiotics written on it. And then you turn it over. It's like 20 grams of sugar and you're like, Oh <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you know much about this, but I would be curious to hear like 
I know that the regulations for like supplements and stuff like that are different over in Europe than it is in the U.S. Like, isn't it, aren't more products approved in the U.S. than they are in other countries? That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. I know Europe has more stringent guidelines than North America does. Um, So I, you know, we still in, in the U.S., we still have ingredients in our food that Europe has banned a decade ago. Yeah. So... I, I do think Europe probably has more stringent guidelines. That are probably beneficial to you. Absolutely. And so kind of circling back to just being overseas, I think something that's challenging for me and like even just going to the grocery store and finding things to make for dinner are the labels and like being completely honest, like sometimes I'm just super lazy and I just say, okay, this is what I know. And this is, what looks familiar. And then once you're there for a while, you kind of get into a routine where you just kind of make the same things or know where, you know, this and that are. But that's something I have heard from a lot of girls is that just being overseas, like they struggle with their hormones and just finding that balance. And I think a lot of it comes to like not really knowing what you're putting in your body and just grabbing what looks good. And how did you figure that out while you were over there? So um, when I was working at the Genetics Institute, so I worked at Max Planck Institute um, in Dresden, and it was um, a genetics institute. And when I worked there, I was able to take free German classes. So I was able to get my A2 certification and being able to speak the language helped me out a lot because then I could ask questions. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's one of the hardest things to do when you move to a country is to really assimilate in a way where you feel part of that culture. So I do think that that helped me a lot, but also just going back in my mind to simple things, everything was whole foods based, you know, whether it was making my own broth, um, you know, and freezing it uh, or, you know, even just, you know, making, making my own, you know, pasta sauce instead of buying canned. Like I really went back to basics. Plus also like I was like, if anybody knows me, they know that like, I'm such a budget person. So I was like, okay, this is how much we have a month for groceries. And that's all we're spending for mm-hmm. groceries. So I made it, I made it work. And that's good to do. I feel like sometimes it can just be hard to budget when you go to the store. I feel like we spend way too much money every month. I'm like, oh my gosh, we buy way too much food. So that's, that's important, especially when you're trying to eat healthy. I think people have this mindset, like it's just, it's way more expensive. So I don't want to pay that much to eat healthy, but really it benefits you to treat your body in that sense. Absolutely. It does. Especially in a time right now where we're dealing with a global pandemic. And now it's kind of like, I'm, I've, I've gotten more emails than ever during this past like four or five months because people are so concerned about their immune health and it's health is not one of those things where you can just all of a sudden say, I decide I'm going to be healthy today and everything's going to be perfect. It's something that you continually work on every single day. So it, it's crazy how this pandemic has really like made people so aware of how immune health is so important. And I, I would love to talk a little bit about like skincare because I think that when your hormones are off, like your skin can break out and that has been like a huge 
issue for a lot of my friends that play overseas, including myself. And yeah, like how have you, has has that affected your skin at all? Like when your hormones are off? You know, I definitely, definitely around my period, like I'm, I always break out, you know, on my, on my chin, but I am pretty lucky that, you know, I come from a a family who has generally really, um, really clear skin. Mm-hmm. So I haven't dealt, I haven't personally dealt with any type of, you know, bad hormonal, you know, skin issues. But what I do find is that as soon as people cut out dairy, their skin changes immediately. Mm-hmm. So dairy and cheese and butter, and, and then there's a big difference in the skin. No, that's not for everybody, but for a lot of people, if they, if they just cut out dairy, they'll notice a big difference. That's so hard though. (laughs) I know, especially in Europe where there's so much good cheese. I know the cheese. Oh my gosh. And the cappuccinos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think like even little shifts, just like putting oat milk in your coffee in the morning instead of like half and half and like, you know, taking out things that you eat or incorporate every day and just like making those little shifts can probably make a huge difference in your skin. Yeah, absolutely. So um, in terms of like working out, what would you say is like a good balance to incorporate into your lifestyle? So generally for women over the age of 30, my recommendation is more strength training than cardio. And when I'm talking about strength training, I mean like lifting, like not heavy, like you're going to be, you know, a power lifter, but lifting heavy enough to build muscle tone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a big, a big reason I say that is because when you constantly pound your body with um, high amounts of cardiovascular activity, I mean, exercise is a stress on the body. And we, we tend to forget that because it helps relieve stress, but it also places stress on your body. So if you're constantly placing stress on your body, your cortisol levels are going to rise, which means you're going to store more fat instead of burn fat. Yeah. So I always recommend more like strength training. You can still do your cardio, but you don't want to do that every day. Mm-hmm. And definitely restorative exercise. And, and that's so easy to forget, just stretching and walking and, um, you know, light yoga or Pilates, something where you're not even in that cardiovascular zone, but, but you're really just, you're really just elongating your muscles and, and restoring. I think like growing up, I felt like I always like cardio was like the thing to do, you know, like going on the elliptical, that was like the workout to do because that would shed the most weight off fast. But for like long-term lifestyle habits, I totally agree that I feel like lifting weights or like even doing bar or, you know, it's just, it's like, that's so much better for you. And I think that everybody has such a different body type. So someone that like could respond really well to like hit, that might not be the right workout for someone else that might have a different body that responds really well to like yoga. Yes, absolutely. So there's this genetic testing that I offer in my practice and it can actually tell you what exercise is best for your genes. How no way. cool is that? Oh my gosh, I yes. want to do that. <laughs> it's amazing. And it also tells you what ratio of macronutrients, so your carbs, fats, and proteins you should be eating for optimal health. 
and your genes wow. never change. So you do like your, your genetic profile will never change. So you do that once and you know, for the rest of your life, it tells you how you process alcohol, tells you how you process caffeine. I mean, it's super cool. And these are all wonderful things for people to know so that they can optimize. That is so, so cool. cool. I really want to do that actually. Something that I struggle with is just finding out like what works for me and my body. Like I've, I've tried so many different things and I've tried so many different workouts and there's nothing that I really connect with. And mm-hmm. definitely with this pandemic, like that is not helping my movement levels whatsoever. Like I think that it's important to find a place that you feel comfortable working out and that you enjoy going to. Like I have a yoga studio back home where I'm from in San Diego that I absolutely love. And I know like when I go home to visit my parents, like I'm doing hot yoga all the time and I feel so good. But if I don't have that, it's hard for me to get like the motivation to go out and find a new place, especially in a foreign country. So I am actually going to like send you a message about that because yeah, I just struggle with finding like what works for me. Right. And I love that you said the movement because, you know, I love using that word because when we say workout, a lot of people like they, you know, or, or like go to the gym. Sometimes people are like, Ooh, like feels so icky, you know, but if you say movement, it's very fluid and it feels good and everybody has to find what they resonate with. Otherwise they will not continue to do it. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned also how you kind of eliminated using plastic in your life. And what are some little shifts that you made to do that? So really just switching to, um, stainless steel water bottles. And I would make sure that my containers are glass and I would never heat anything in glass, even like trying to eliminate plastic wrap that, I mean, I still have plastic wrap in my house, but I try not (laughs) to use it as often because even like when you have continuous low level exposure to the chemicals and plastics, that leads to hormone imbalance. And it, le- it can put you at risk for um, a whole host of health issues like insulin resistance, maybe breast cancer, even infertility. So it's really important to be aware to ditch the plastics when you can. I know. And it's, it's hard to like at the store, you know, because sometimes like that's your only option. They're like, oh, here are plastic bags. And I'm like, ugh, like, I don't feel good about this. <laughs> or just like some of the stuff right. things are wrapped in. It's like, you don't have an, you know, like the, um, what are those bags called? Like sometimes they come in like the little avocados come in those like green. Uh, oh yeah. 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 I hate like those. I'm like, that's so bad for the environment. It drives me crazy. They put so much stuff in that. Yeah. And just 100%. yourself. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. What, so like I speak to a lot of my friends who they do a lot of like those um, food elimination diets, right? Like kind of like mm-hmm. the whole 30 where you start eliminating food to see like how your body responds. And I think more than people realize that their hormones are probably just like completely off balance. So what are some things that people can look for to realize that that is a major possibility of the reason why people are not feeling good overall? So I, let me go ahead and tell you some symptoms of hormonal imbalance. So like if anybody, like whoever's listening, they can be like, "Uh Oh, I'm resonating with this. (laughs) Check, 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 check. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) This is all me. Right. Here we go. Let me get my pen out. Yeah. (laughs) So if you have diarrhea, constipation, or bloating, um, headaches, maybe brain fog, your hair is becoming thin and brittle, 
real low sex drive. Um, you're just feeling tired all the time. Um, maybe you're gaining weight or if you're feeling um, anxious or having like mood swings, that generally says, uh-oh, something's not right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, when, it, when it comes to that and it's like, uh-oh, something's not right, we got to like really fix some things. So making sure that making sure that you're just eating those whole foods from every single macronutrient group. I don't believe in cutting one out. I really don't. Um, I think that when you eat healthy fats and high quality protein from varying sources, both animal and um, animal and plant, and the majority of your carbohydrates come from non-starchy carbs. So vegetables, so things with lots of fiber, you're going to survive. You really are. And, you know, when it comes to food elimination, usually people try to do that because they're having some issues um, that they think are directly related to food. Um, and that might be, that might be maybe an auto, autoimmune, although that's not directly related to food, but you would eliminate some foods for an autoimmune um, or if you're having some sensitivity, so eliminating dairy or gluten to see if that um, kind of fixes any of those unwanted symptoms that you're having. Yeah. But I, I truly do believe in all three macronutrient groups in, in the right ratio. It, it's, it's wonderful. It really is wonderful. I was listening to all those things that you were saying, and I'm like, that is 75% of my symptoms. I'm also pregnant, but I mean, like, I feel like on the regular, I'm like, okay, that's definitely me. Right. So I need to make some lifestyle changes for sure. And just like, be more mindful of incorporating that because I think we get so busy and we're like, oh, I'm just going to like grab this because it's quick, or I'm going to eat out and pick this up because like, I don't have time to do this, but it's like, really just being mindful throughout your week and like preparing maybe like at even like three or four meals so that you can feel just not so rushed to make these more guilted decisions. Yeah. And, and you know, you know how it is. Like when you, it's just, it's just you and your husband or you and your boyfriend or you and your significant other, it's really easy to not take time to think because you're just like, Oh, let's go out for dinner tonight or let's <laughs> grab takeout or get delivery. You know, that's really easy. But as you transition into family, you realize that you can't really do that with kids until they're a little bit older because sometimes it's not the best scenario. <laughs> when you're married to someone that has to eat like 5,000 calories a day, <laughs> it's hard to sometimes... Right. <laughs> find balance. I'm like, God, I need to stop eating so much junk. But how do you feel about like getting takeout? Like, is that something that you typically try to avoid or minimize and like mostly cook at home? We, we mostly cook at home. Um, mainly because I absolutely love to cook and so does my husband. So it's something that we do together, a glass of wine and we cook together. And that's something that we, that bonds us. Mm -hmm. um, but I do love getting takeout, not going to lie. Like I <laughs> love stromboli. I literally love, I, like I'm thinking about it right now. I want to order stromboli tonight. It's Friday, right? <laughs> yeah, it's Friday. It doesn't count today. <laughs> oh, I do. I, I do order out. I mean, you know, everybody that knows me well knows that I, I, th there's no perfection in my life. 
it's just about trying to be the best version of me. And I, I, I love to have a good time. I love to dine out. I surely love to have adult beverages. So, <laughs> you know, it's, there's no perfection here either. Even on vacations, like you go on little trips to like, you know, when you have time off in Europe and sometimes I just am like, oh, I'm on vacation and it doesn't really matter. But then I like eat this gross meal and I'm like, I don't feel good. And right. just being more mindful when you're taking those trips, like you don't have to overindulge. Like, yeah, splurge, get the gelato. That's fine. But don't like just let everything go off the table for five days straight. And I really need to take my own advice. It's like, I, and that's the thing is like, I know deep down that that's what I should be doing. But sometimes it's like, you get so impulsive when you're traveling or just like living away from home. And it can really put you off balance for the rest of the week, the rest of the month. And yeah, just be more conscious of those decisions. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Being conscious. I love it. <laughs> Try to be more conscious of your decisions. That is going to be like the quote of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and then I, I wanted to ask you about one last thing. So I have listened to a lot of podcasts about birth control. And I think that like, like I went on birth control when I was, I think like 15 or 16 for hormonal reasons. And like, I have listened to so many podcasts now that say like birth control is not good for that, but it's like, you're told that growing up that like, Oh, it helps balance your hormones. It helps with your skin. It helps with your, just everything related to period stuff. And do you feel like it does help with your hormones or like, what are your thoughts on that? You know, that's a really good question. I'm not a physician. So I don't, I don't want to make a bold statement, mm -hmm. you know, because I do think that there is, I do think that birth control can be helpful in certain situations, For sure. but when it comes down to, when it comes down to overall health, if someone is on birth control, I generally try to get them off. And if they're using it literally to prevent a pregnancy, to go to another option, maybe like a copper IUD where there's no hormones at all. I mean, birth control, there, there is links to depression and mental health and anxiety and, and you know, all those unwanted sim symptoms that you like, that you don't want conditions that you don't want. But I do believe, oh, and even like even blood clots too. Right. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I do try to encourage people that if they are having symptoms, which I think it may be related to their birth control that we try to wean off and figure out a different way. Yeah. And, and the majority of women that I've worked with are so, super open to it. They're like, wow, my doctor never told me that I could get a, a copper IUD that would prevent me getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. I'm just on this, you know, for X, Y, and Z. But I, but I do think that there is um, a medical reason that some doctors use birth control. That's interesting just because you have such a holistic perspective on it. And like, that's kind of what I've been gravitating towards in terms of just like learning about it. I want all of the information because I feel like I didn't have that. And like looking back, I feel like being on birth control for so long, like masked so many things. Like, I don't know, like just when I went off of it, I felt like that's when my skin got bad. And that's like when I gained some weight and I just felt like uncomfortable and I didn't feel good. And 
when I was on birth control, I was like anxious and, um, mm-hmm. you know, like I really anxious, like I would have like freakouts like around my period right. every month. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? I'm like, this is not my personality, but I'm also like, is this my personality? Cause I've been on this for so long. But once I actually went off right. of it, I felt so much better. And I, I definitely felt like there was like a massive hormone imbalance. And I don't know if it was like in terms of birth control or what, but yeah, I was just curious, like what you thought about it. You know, it's interesting because our bodies are absolutely amazing organisms and they're not meant to be taking tons of different types of medication. So, you know, our bodies know what to do and, but we're just, you know, it's, it's just, we live in a world where we can have anything in our fingertips. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and, sure. and a lot of times, I mean, I was on birth control for so long till I was like, oh my gosh, like 23, mm-hmm. no, 25, maybe 25. And then I went off. That was like six, seven years I was on that. And it's, it's crazy. Like I, you don't even think twice about it. Cause you think, well, I don't want to get pregnant, so I'm going to go on this. Or I have really bad acne, and the doctor's telling me to go on a mini pill, so I'm going to. You know, a copper IUD sounds like a good alternative as well. But yeah, I think there are reasons for sure that people need to be on it. But I think it's, like, interesting when doctors suggest that for, like, skin or other reasons that I feel like could be treated with other things that you're saying. Right, right. But we do have to remember that, you know, our, our physicians and, and nurses and PAs and nurse practitioners, like they are not trained heavily in nutrition. So for them, that's not an area of expertise for them. So that's like walking into the woods, right? They mm-hmm. just don't, they don't, it's, it's ground that they don't feel comfortable um, covering. So they know what they know and they're, they're brilliant people. They know what they know, but there's always more to learn. Yeah. And so I wanted to, like kind of wrap up and just have you tell everybody a little bit about the two awesome programs that you offer in your business. Yes, I would love to do that. So my main program in my business is called metabolic balance. And that is where I, um, that is where I take blood work. And from there I create an uber personalized plan specifically for the individual awesome program. It is actually a German program. It was created outside of Munich. And um, I learned about the program living in Germany and then got certified as a practitioner. That's awesome. Um, And then, yeah, it's so cool. And then I also offer, um, it's called the 28 day ultimate whole foods refresh. It is a self-led program, but there also is a Facebook group attached and it comes with a wonderful program PDF. So that is, a really affordable solution for someone who's really looking just kind of to get back on track with healthier lifestyle habits, but maybe they're not quite ready to do the full overhaul with metabolic balance. So there's, there's two programs. And then, like I said, I just started offering um, genetic testing and I do have to get that on my website. Anything anybody would need blood wise, I could pretty much do it, but metabolic balance and the refresh are my two main staples. So, and with the blood work, like say I am in Idaho right now and I wanted to do that, like through your program, do you have something that Mm -hmm. like you would, like, I would just send you like samples of my blood. That just sounds like so funny, but, and then you would run, run it that way. Or like, how does that work? 
Well, um, I can write um, a, a requisition through LabCorp, and then one of the physicians um, I partner with will sign it. So it's all pretty seamless. It's all electronic, and then you just take that that lab requisition to um, a LabCorp location, and then get your blood drawn, and all of the results load into my um, back end, into my okay. dashboard. <laughs> that makes so a it's, lot it's more really sense seamless. Than what I'm <laughs> Yeah, it's really seamless. The only the only states I can't order in is I want to say Rhode Island, New York, and there's one more state that I can't order blood work in. But the rest of the states I can. And then if 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 people want to do the program, I've worked with people in other countries. They just they just get the blood drawn by their physician or by their family doctor and I tell them exactly what lab values I need. So, it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy to work with me, no matter where you're at. And is that the one where that you can say like, what workouts are the best for your body? Or would that be something else? That's the genetic testing. Yeah. So that is different. Cool. Oh my gosh. Well, that was just packed with so much interesting information. And I feel like just looking back, I'm like, did my questions even make sense? But I think it was good because I almost am like very naive to a lot of the stuff. Like I have a lot to learn and a lot to change. And so, yeah, I'm like, I don't know if that made sense, but I feel like I learned a lot from just talking to you and hopefully I can implement some of these things into my lifestyle. Yeah. Everything you asked made sense. This was so (laughs) fun. I honestly, this was so fun. I really looked forward to this all week. So thank you so much for just putting this all together and being so open and, and curious. I love it. Oh yeah. Well, thank you for agreeing to come on here. I'm excited for people to hear. And so your husband is, how long has he been retired? So this is going to be his third season retired. I I never say years because it's not really the way it works, Yeah, but um, he, he was coaching in the Ontario Hockey League for the Hamilton Bulldogs for the past two years, and now he just took a job as head coach of a premier hockey academy in Pennsylvania. Amazing. So he is coaching coaching for three seasons now. You can't escape the hockey. <laughs> You're so very much I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be in hockey for the rest of my life, so I'm totally prepared. <laughs> Do you miss it at all? So much. I miss it so much. I would move back to Germany in a heartbeat. Some of my best friends are there, and I just, that, that's my second home. It really is. I would move back in a heartbeat. Yeah. I think we, like, I, for one, get caught up in the stress of just, like, getting over there and everything, and that's kind of, like, what we're going through right now, but it's just such a short amount of time in your life, and it's, you know, important to really try to appreciate it while it's, while it's happening, because I, I, too, think I will miss it when it's done. Yes. Enjoy every single moment, every schnitzel, every (laughs) bratzlapfeln, every beer, Yep. Every Oktoberfest. <laughs> <laughs> Every view. 